Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the Neural Quantum Processor. Because this is an audio ad. Unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so <laughs> you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. Time for the MMA Strategy Show right here on AwesomeO.com. As always, I am joined by the fighter, Pete Rogers Jr. Hopefully everyone's off to a great Wednesday evening. Pete, uh, how you doing, man? What is going on? I'm good. Uh, what a treat, you know, last weekend's card was. I mean, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I was looking forward to it like crazy, and it did not disappoint. Uh, did you enjoy the card as much as I did? I did. I did. I did enjoy the card. You know, it was, uh, you know, I mean, listen, you know, Habib, I mean, what more can you say about this guy? You know, just domination is, is a word to use. I mean, we talked about it last week on the strategy show and on Live Before Lock. We said, you got to have the main event to be optimal. Well, no, you didn't. He wasn't in the optimal lineup. So, uh yeah, there was, uh, you know, and I want to say it was on. I want to say it was on DK and also on Fanduel, maybe as my if my memory's correct. Nathaniel Wood was actually in the optimal lineup because of the fact of it was a it was a night of favorites. Man, it was a night of favorites, and uh, you know the Nathaniel Wood Casey Kenny fight was insane, Jason. Um, you know, back and forth action. You know, and, and in fights where you know it's arguably a split decision, two rounds to one. Those are sometimes the the situations where you'll see the loser fighter be in optimal lineups because it was so, so close. Um, you know, the action was crazy. Uh, I, I really enjoyed that fight. I thought Nathaniel Wood looked great, but man, Casey Kenny, who's better than him in the quarantine right now? I mean, he's been absolutely killing it. Just a, a fun fire to watch. I mean, that was yeah. definitely, if you uh, did not see that fight, go back and watch that fight. That, that was a great matchup between them. Uh, you know, Habib, uh, pure domination, obviously a, a big uh, topic in the MMA world. And by the way, I appreciate everyone tuned in here on a Wednesday night. Be sure to hit that, uh, that like button here on YouTube. Also be sure to subscribe, hit the notification bell. So you get all the awesome shows that we have here on YouTube. But, uh, you know, the big uh, conversation with Habib is a, do you believe his retirement and B, is he the goat? I do believe his retirement. Um, I kind of don't want to believe it because I want him to come back and, uh, you know, take care of his family stuff and come back and, you know, fight Tony Ferguson possibly. I mean, we, we never really had the chance to see that. I want to see him against George St. Pierre like his father wished. That would be incredible, even though George St. Pierre, he's a retired fighter, and uh, it would be a very, very interesting matchup for sure. But uh, in my in my opinion, Jason, I think that 
he's my pound for pound go. And I understand the argument for John Jones. I mean, you know, arguably John Jones has the, the best MMA career in the UFC. Um, but you know, outside factors have been a large part of his career. Also, um, you know, the PED use, it's always going to have that little asterisk next to his career. Um, if the sport stopped today, I would say Habib, but since Habib's retiring and John Jones is still fighting, I still believe that John Jones is going to re- reclaim that spot. And, you know, in your opinion, he's probably at number one. Uh, I think it comes down to three fighters, GSP, John Jones, or Habib. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, and we, I was myself and, and my co-host on my podcast, Daniel, we were talking about today, like, if you had a, a, a column of the GOAT conversation and you're going to put a yes check mark, no check mark of, of what may be like the factors with Habib. I mean, really, the only negative side of him is a lack of title defenses. But I think the biggest positive of him is he's dominated everything. And what I think you know, impressed you the most is he was walking down Justin Gaethje with a, a broken foot, broken toes. Like, I mean, man, just amazing performance. But I mean, look, it's I mean, look, if we if we walk into a bar on Saturday, everyone's watching the fights and there's 20 people watching the fights. We might, the poll might be 30% Jones, 30% Habib, 30% um, George St. Pierre, and, and maybe 10% Fedor, or maybe 10% Amanda Nunez. Yeah. I, I think that Amanda Nunez definitely needs to be considered considering her resume. Um, you know, it's interesting. And I, I don't think that you can necessarily tell you know, say that one fighter is better than everybody because it's, it's difficult. It's like the Michael Jordan versus LeBron conversation. It's fun to have, it's fun to talk mm-hmm. about and, uh, you know, bring up good points, but you know, I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited to see what's going to happen with the 155 pound division moving forward. I would imagine it's Dustin Poirier against, um, Dustin Poirier against Conor McGregor. Uh, but then you have Justin Gaethje and Tony Ferguson looming there and, you know, rematching them doesn't really make much sense. So we'll have to see how it plays out. Give me a lightweight tournament, man. Eight-man tournament. Come on. I would love it. It'll I, never I mean, happen, though. I, it'll never happen. Dana White is so against it, against <laughs> tournaments because it's, uh, you know, it's Bellator's type of thing. Yeah, man, I would I would be all down. But, yeah, I think it's going to be Poirier McGregor for the lightweight title. And uh, we'll, we'll see what happens there. But, uh, you know, look at one time. Now, this is how you do a segue, Pete. One time, <laughs> Anderson Silva was the GOAT. And he's, you know, during his reign in his prime, um, you know, he, he's in that list, that top five of, of his dominance. Now, um, what has happened lately definitely tarnishes his legacy. I mean, that, that there's no question there. He's on a skid, um, hasn't been the best, hasn't nearly been his dominant self in quite some time. Um, you know, since Chris Weidman kind of came around, you really saw the decline of Anderson Silva and, you know, it, it's sad to see. But this is his uh, going away gift, I guess, this final fight, supposedly. I don't know if I buy it, but perhaps in the UFC, it's his last one. One and six with one no contest in his last yeah. eight fights. You think about his, you know, prior to that Chris Weidman uh, loss, the initial fight against Chris Weidman, he had beat Stefan Bonner. If he would have retired at that moment, I don't think there's a question. I think everyone would have called him the GOAT. But, uh, you know, since then, the back-to-back loss against Chris Weidman, then he initially had the win against Nick Diaz. Of course, that was overturned to, to a drug test and a loss against Michael Bisbing, a uh, loss against Daniel Cormier, where he stepped up on, you know, what, two, three days notice. Uh, controversial decision win against Eric Brunson, and then the, the loss to Israel Adesanya decision, and then uh, losing to Jared Cannonier back in May of last year. 
And, of course, on the other side of this, Uriah Hall, who, who Dana White kind of called the next Aaron Silva back when he was on, on the alternate fighter. He's won back-to-back fights, but this is his first fight uh, in, in 2020. Looking at the, the DK pricing, 8600 for Uriah Hall, 7600 for Anderson Silva, and then over on FanDuel, which we always kind of talk about. We hate the pricing of the main event. $20 for Uriah Hall, $18 for Anderson Silva. On the betting lines, Anderson Silva plus 190 Uriah Hall minus 230 uh, Let's uh, break this one down for us, Pete. Yeah, I mean, a young Anderson Silva is what Uriah Hall essentially is. I mean, the guy is so flashy, so dynamic. Uh, the dexterity in his legs is insane. Can chain together great combinations between punches and kicks. The guy is so talented standing up. Um, you know, he's kind of had some some struggles in the UFC, you know, in regards to matchups and in regards to taking a tough opposition. Um, you know, I, I do think that he's kind of a guy that was so hyped that he kind of fell short of expectations. Uh, Kelvin Gastelum upsetting him on the Ultimate Fighter finale kind of is like the standard for his career of him falling short a little bit. Now, in a situation here facing Anderson Silva in a striking matchup, because that's what Anderson Silva is going to do. Anderson's not going to go out there and shoot a takedown. I would, my, my mind would be blown if like he went out there and tried to, you know, initiate any grappling. This is a, a great matchup. Um, and I think it really feeds right into Uriah Hall style. Um, it's the type of fight they both enjoy. I just favor the youth of Uriah Hall, the, um, the durability of Uriah Hall. I mean, Silva has, you know, been finished, quite a bit uh during his his struggles uh you think of chris wyman you also think about the injury he suffered that you also think about his loss to jared cannonier uh that comes uh recently so i mean during the rough patch i'm taking the younger guy and i think if uriah hall really loses to a 45 year old anderson silva man that's that's not a good look and i know it may be his last fight and as long as he doesn't give anderson silva too much respect it's his fight it really is uriah's fight yeah, I mean, I, I was thinking about this earlier today. I just wonder, will Uriah have the killer instinct if it comes to that point where he has the ability to finish the fight? I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, look, this is the Anderson Silva of 2010, 2009, 2008. He ain't walking through that door. And, and I think that, I mean, look, in terms of DFS, you know, there are people that are going to be, you know, creating lineups on Saturday and that they're just going to see the Anderson Silva name. Now, when I was doing... Uh, a dummy uh, crunch on on fantasy cruncher earlier today. Uh, Uriah Hall was pretty much coming up in every lineup. So he, you know, look, he he's going to be a popular fighter. Um, you know, look at and uh, we should mention by the way, uh, free premium content right now up at awesomeo.com is our MMA rankings. So be sure to check out that along with MMA rankings, also the NFL Express Stack Tool PGA ownership projections uh, are free content over awesomeo.com. Of course, the PGA show will be coming up. After us, and uh, you know, I would say uh, I would uh, I like Uriah Hall more on DK than I do on Fanduel. Yeah, I mean the Fanduel pricing for Anderson Silva eighteen dollars. It's not happening. I'm not touching that. Uh, you know, even if I was playing over there um, on DraftKings, I think it's priced accordingly based on um, you know the recent struggles. It, it, it is five rounds, Jason, which is interesting. Um, you know, it's a main event, of course it is, but. Uh, they have really low volume. They really do. And uh, when you have guys that are so dependent on flash, you know, flashy moves and all that stuff, the uh, amount of significant strikes landed usually isn't the highest. And if you look at the the numbers, uh, 3.3 for Uriah Hall, 3.04 for Anderson Silva, um, not everything lands. Uh, I do think Uriah Hall 
and Anderson Silva have some of the best defense in, you know, in, in regards to striking, um, you know, both over 50% uh, striking defensive rating. Um, so even if they throw a ton this fight, I don't know if everything's going to land. I think it's Uriah Hall's fight, and I'll have him in plenty of lineups because he's not in a 9K. If he was in a 9K, I'd be a little hesitant. But uh, I don't know if this week's optimal uh, uh, in regards to the main event. I really don't because of the the slow pace fight. It could be more of like a fun type of fight where they're going, you know, tit for tat um, and not really kill, you know, go and kill mode against each other. Now, the fight that I'm really interested to hear you break down is Andre Feely and Bryce Mitchell, the co-main event of this fight card. Bryce Mitchell uh, is a minus 150 betting favorite. Andre Feely, plus 130 over on DK. 8,500 for uh, Bryce Mitchell, 7,700 for Feely. Then over on FanDuel, $15 for Feely, $17 for Bryce Mitchell. So uh, I'm interested to hear how you break this one down. Man, Bryce Mitchell, undefeated fighter, 13-0 and technically because he lost on the ultimate fighter. Uh, but whenever you're, you, know, you are talking about an undefeated fighter, they have so much confidence and so much belief in themselves. So I really don't like betting against undefeated fighters. So I will not be straying away from Bryce Mitchell here. However, I do think that Andre Feely is a tricky matchup for him in regards to uh, having the striking advantage. Andre Feely has really good hands, really good Muay Thai. Um, but, you know, he's very underrated in the wrestling and grappling department. And I, I think that he can match or nullify Bryce Mitchell's attempts of taking him down. Um, the one situation that I will be worried about is Andre Feely being a little too overconfident in his grappling abilities and initiating the grappling and then getting lazy and getting caught in a triangle choke or something off of Bryce Mitchell's back. Because I do favor Andre Feely in the fight. It's like a 60-40. I do think that this fight is very, very interesting. And in regards to scrambles, it kind of reminds me of the Casey Kenny, uh, Nathaniel Wood, where it's a very close fight, very competitive. And I don't see one side dominating. I see, you know, it going you know, back and forth for three rounds. I mean, you couldn't be looking at an elevated price. I mean, elevated score based on their price. I, I, I like Andre Feely in the, in the underdog position because I don't know if it's just me, Jason, but the underdogs this week are hideous. And I mean, I mention it a lot, but I feel like, you know, they're pretty bad this week. Though, I think I mentioned this to you in a text message the other day is if Bryce Mitchell cannot get this fight to the ground, does he have the abilities to win a kickboxing matchup? Uh, it's tough to say because Andre Feely, um, you know, has the better striking offense, but we have seen Andre Feely hurt, knocked out, wobbled. Um, and then, you know, Bryce Mitchell has made adjustments, at, you know, to his game has, you know, seemed like he figured out the strength and conditioning aspect um, and changed together good takedowns. I can see, I mean, but Andre Feely's also gone, you know, back and forth with some of the best fighters in the division. So 7,700 discount for Feely. I'll take my chances here, but like I said, it's like a 60-40 for me. I do think that Mitchell, if he wins, it's by finish because I do think that uh, Feely's the better overall fighter. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Andre Feely, I think the number is eight of his last nine fights have gone the distance. Yeah. Um, you know, just kind of, you know, trying to just looking at uh, Andre Feely here in terms of significant strikes landed. When you look at his last couple of fights, a split decision loss, or split, excuse me, split decision win, Against uh, Charles Jordan, landed 44 significant strikes, but had five takedowns uh, in that matchup. 
Uh, you know, when you look at uh, when he has scored takedowns, uh, scored against Michael Johnson, scored it uh, against Dennis Bermudez. I mean, Dennis is a, a quality wrestler. So, yeah. but you would imagine that the team alpha male team is not going to sit there and say, let's not go to the ground with this guy. This guy, this guy's dangerous on the ground. Let's keep this fight on the feet. You would think so. Right. And uh, I'll tell you that Andre Feely feel, you know, he seems like an outlaw, like a guy that'll kind of stray away from game plan. If there is a guy, because I listened to an interview before we got on the show and he's like, don't be surprised if I take Bryce Mitchell down and I, and I show that I'm better than him on the mat because I do believe in my jujitsu. Now it's like, man, you're playing with fire. You do that because Bryce, Bryce is so sneaky. So, uh, you know, has possibly the best twister in the game and uh, has really made that, you know, famous, um, you know, Korean zombie did, but he's really taking the reins of that and trying to hit it against all his opponents. Uh, he's just tricky on the mat, Jason. So why would you bother going there? Um, can, you know, if Feely does go the grappling route, can he avoid getting submitted for 15 minutes? We'll have to see. And of course, uh, he'll make his uh, camo shorts debut. Yes. Uh, yes. I mean, I'm telling you what, it's pretty crazy. The fact that Dana White actually is le- letting him do this. And, uh, you know, look, I have a feel. I mean, look, Bryce Mitchell is definitely a guy that that fans have, have grown to love. And uh, for Andre, you know, I was actually kind of surprised the fact of Bryce Mitchell is the ranked fighter in this one. Andre Feely isn't. Yeah. Um, you know, Andre Feely, I, I think um, he's had some some, you know, bumps in the road. But, you know, if he takes out the undefeated Bryce Mitchell, he could definitely reclaim a rank uh, a rank spot. Next up, we've got uh, Holland versus Muradov. Holland minus 140, Muradov plus 120. This is Pete's favorite fight of the night. 8,200, 8,000 on DK. Uh, Kevin Holland is the 82,000 uh, fighter. Uh, FanDuel pricing a little different over on FanDuel. $17 for Holland. Muradov is $13. Yeah. Uh, you know, Holland and Muradov, man, this is, a, this is a banger of a matchup. I think you need this fight. And, uh, okay. You know, not too often do you not need the 8,800 8, 8, fight. Um, the way that these guys fight and they bring it, Holland has a 79% finish rate, and so does Muradov. Um, Both like to hunt KOs, and I think that Holland will carry some more ownership based on, um, you know, the, the name value. How how many times have I touted Kevin Holland? Like, I love the guy. I, I really do. Now, in saying that, I do think that this is a very difficult fight. And coming off of that, you know, that loss, well, it was a victory over Darren Stewart, but he lost that fight and and he knows he lost that fight. And uh, that's the problem with Kevin Holland is he goes pedal to the metal, but doesn't have the best takedown defense. Um, you know, 50 comes in at 54%. If somebody takes him down, he works a lot of ear claps, elbows off the bottom, doesn't really work towards getting back to his feet so often. Even think about the Joaquin Buckley fight, right? Joaquin Buckley was looking good in that fight. And Joaquin Buckley throws heat. And he was hitting Kevin Holland with a lot. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, this is a much more competitive fight than I anticipated. So, you know, long story short, Murdov here comes in at 8,000, has heavy, heavy power, um, you know, great finishing ability, but also has solid wrestling that he can rely on if he needs to. And in some of his fights, he has gone to that well. I do think that Holland is more likely to get an early finish where Murdov could, you know, get a decision victory here um, and, and grind out Kevin Holland. I'm actually taking Murdov in the fight though. Like I, I'm doing a slight lean to Murdov despite my, you know, my love for Kevin Holland at 8,200. It's a fight I need to target. So split your exposure here. Um, 
but I, I do like Murdoch. I mean, we saw what happened last week with Whitaker and Cannoneer. Uh, you know, Whitaker just put it on him. You know, I, he really looked good. Noticeable reach advantage for Kevin Holland in this one, 81 inches versus 75 inches. How much does that concern you, uh, you know, if you want to be a, a Murdoch backer? Well, I will say that Murdov has some of the best hands that we've seen in quite some time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not like anything special, but I mean, Floyd Mayweather is like his management company. So, which is kind of interesting. Um, he has great hands for MMA, um, decent takedown defense as well. Um, I think that as long as the, see the problem with Kevin Holland is he, he throws jabs, but also he throws a lot of lunging techniques. So whenever you're throwing a lot of lunging techniques, you're giving up your reach. You're closing the gap for your opponent. And sometimes when you do that, you run into a shot. I mean, Holland, how can you bet against them in the UFC six and two? You know, I, I can see why if you really love Holland, you're going to pick him. But I, I need some I need some cheap people in my lineups, and I'm okay with taking Murdoff, thinking that he can, you know, outlast uh, Kevin Holland. Of course, uh, if you are one of our Awesome Plus subscribers, hop into that premium Slack channel right now. Hop it, get a question in there. We will get to those uh, as we go through on the show. Also, we will get those questions uh, answered here as on that are submitted there on YouTube. Of course, we'll be here for another uh, 40 minutes before leading into the PGA show. Uh, Next up, we got a heavyweight matchup with the crochet boss, Maurice Green, taking on Greg Hardy. Greg Hardy, a substantial favorite in this one. I, I already see that little smirk. I think that smirk's based on the comment that was in the comment section. Uh, Greg Hardy minus 330, Maurice Green plus 270 over on DraftKings 7400 for Green, 8800 for Greg Hardy and then on FanDuel $20 for Hardy, $10 for Green. That to me this is this is a GPP fight, plain and simple. Every time Maurice Green is on the card, I feel like Jason picks him. And I want to know Jason, are you picking him in this matchup? Well, you got to wait till the end of the show when I give you my <laughs> picks. Okay. I mean, like, that's... Like, like, okay, this is what what concerns me if if you want to be a Maurice Green backer yeah. is the power that Greg Hardy has. Correct. What concerns me if I'm in, in Team Hardy is the leg kicks to where I think that kickboxing background that Maurice Green has, he could use also... He is a jiu-jitsu guy. While everyone knows Maurice Green as this glory kickboxer, this guy who loves jiu-jitsu, he trained by Brock Larson, uh, now trained down there um, at Jackson Wink. So, I mean, look, I, I think that if it, Greg Hardy, you know, I would probably say you pick him seven out of ten times. Um, you know, I, I think the speed and power is a massive advantage for him this one. But I can, I definitely see the path to victory for, for the crochet boss. Yeah, I would say that uh, Hardy is the play for me. I, I think that Hardy, despite, you know, how I'm not the highest on him, it, what he does have is, you know, extreme athleticism, um, great power in his hands. He has demonstrated that uh, on the Contender Series. The guy looks phenomenal when he throws. He's aggressive. He's got that killer instinct in him. If he can keep the fight on his on the feet, you know, it looks good. 83% takedown, defensive rating. Maurice Green comes in, chasing with a 0% takedown accuracy. So the the thought that he's going to be shooting a double leg, um, dangerous off probably his not back going down. to happen. What's that? He's dangerous off his back. Very dangerous. So he's very dangerous off his back. So he's got like a, you know, he's a jujitsu guy. 
So I always say it, jujitsu guys usually don't have the best takedowns. Mm -hmm. So they're comfortable off their back. They're comfortable, um, you know, if they get knocked down, staying there or um, even pulling guard even, or, you know, kind of pulling guard in MMA. That's very dangerous. But moral of the story here is that I like Greg Hardy at 8,800. I think he has first round KO ability. Maurice Green's going to look to chew up that leg if he does. Uh, Statue of Liberty standing right in front of you. Close your eyes and swing. And I think Greg Hardy puts him down. Um, as long as Greg Hardy's been working his jujitsu defense, I don't see how he loses this fight. I really don't. I, I think, um, for me, you said seven out of 10 times, I would lean towards eight to nine out of 10 times. Greg Hardy wins this fight. Well, you remember in Jordan Castro had, had, uh, had a lot of success with those leg kicks. So that's why, I mean, look, I, I think that if, if you are a Greg Hardy backer to me, the two concerns you have is that Maurice Green chops down the leg. And I think their concern is the fight makes it to late second, third round yeah. is a cardio there for Greg Hardy. I mean, I think those are legitimate questions. Um, you know, Joe in, in the, uh, super chat says, uh, looking for our lock of the night. I don't know if I have a lock of the night, to be quite honest with you. Um, I don't know if there's a, a there's a couple fires I really like. We'll, we'll get into those Joe as, as we go on. He goes, he goes, I hope my dude Maurice Green uses his range and gets hard and tired and maybe get a submission win. I mean, yeah, I think that's, that to me is, is the path to victory. Okay, you've interviewed Maurice Crane plenty of times, yep, right? Yep. I'm not knocking the guy at all because he seems like a really nice guy. Does he still smoke cigarettes? No, or no. Did he give, okay. no, he quit okay. a year ago. Okay, all right. So he, it, I mean, was, it was before, I want to say it was before he he, he moved to, because he, he went to Factory X. Yeah. Um, and, then, uh, and then he decided that Factory X just wasn't the place for him. Yeah. And so now he's at Jackson Wink. He, this will be his third or fourth fight, right? I was going to say second or third at Jackson Wink. Okay, yeah. It's at, least, at least second, maybe third. Yeah, I mean, it seems like he's found a nice little niche there with, with Jackson's. And uh, the one thing about Jackson Wink is they will develop a strong game plan. They will probably work that kick, uh, you know, that stomp front kick towards the towards the knee. I can definitely see that happening, but, it's referred to as the oblique kick, and John Jones uses that a lot. Jackson Wink is, you know, pretty famous for using that kick often. Um, Greg Hardy, though, I think that he wins the fight. I do. I think, you know, we've seen Maurice Green get knocked out plenty of times, even even in kickboxing and MMA. Um, if you press and walk him down, you can beat him. So uh, my pick is Hardy. Of course, this is the MMA Strategy Show right here on awesomeboat.com. Do want to let you know about a promo that we got going on Till Halloween. Yeah, Halloween is on Saturday night. Yes, yeah, Sunday is already going to be November. Get an Osmo Plus Platinum Weekly Pass for only $10.31. You see what they did there? $10.31. 1031. Yeah. We use the promo code PUMPKIN at checkout. That's nearly $20 off the original price. This package includes full access to all the Osmo Plus features, including player projections, ownership projections, our premium Slack channel, lineup builder, and much more. This offer is valid through Halloween. Of course, that is on Saturday, October the 31st. So uh, you got to take advantage of that deal right now over at awesomeo.com, awesomeo.com slash join to sign up for that promo. $10.31 for a platinum weekly pass when you use the promo code pumpkin at checkout. Next up, we'll move over to Bobby Green versus Tiago Moses. And uh, I, I think this is the, the way to break this one down to you is can Tiago get the fight to the ground? I, I think that's about the best way to put it. I, I think that he probably can, but I don't think he can hold Bobby Green down. Bobby Green 
has really hit his stride, man. He's 27 and 10 and one overall, eight, five and one in the UFC. You guys know I love Bobby Green. I really do. I, I love his style. I love the trash talk, but it's not, it's like polite trash talk. It's like, no, you didn't hurt me on that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's cool. I, I like it. Um, he has great hands. Um, For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so (laughs) you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pretty good takedown defense, 74% takedown defensive rating. He's tough, and he's very durable. I can't see Moises getting him down and submitting him. I really can't. I think that Moises does have some good striking, but Bobby Green is priced appropriately in my in my mind. Uh, outside of a fluky submission, I think Bobby Green takes this and uh, shows why he is a threat in 155-pound division. I mean, the guy's only 34 and has 38 fights. That is insane. Yeah, when you talk about uh, guys who have really taken advantage of, of this, what, what 2020 is, Bobby Green is one of them. Wins uh, against Clay Guida, Lando Veneta, and Alan Patrick. Um, you know, I guess the question ultimately when you look at this, because the last time that uh, we, I think it's a stat that I mention every time we talk about uh, Bobby Green, the last time he won by stoppage, November 6, 2013. So the question yeah. is, uh, particularly on, on DK at 9,000, can he pay off that price with a decision win? Some guys are just decision guys. And some guys are, are, you know, have that finishing ability. I do think that Bobby green allows his opponents to kind of come back in fights and make it a little bit more competitive than it needs to be. I mean, you know, I like for me targeting, you know, in baseball hitters that are due for a home run, maybe Bobby green is due for a finish or a KO and, I know the chat's thinking that as well. I I love Bobby Green. I will back him, and I think that he can get an elevated score, whether it's a finish or a decision. I really do. Yeah, I'm just pulling up our ownership rankings. By the way, don't don't you need to bring up baseball. Sore subject. Oh, man, I know. How do you pull Blake Snell? That's all I'm going to say. Unfortunately, they've done that all year long. But in that situation, bro, I'm sitting on the couch. And I just goes, that's the game. Yeah. That's the game. Yep. Would Very not good. blame Blake Snell if he says he wants to be traded. Would not blame Blake Snell. No, I, I don't mind. Um, Bobby Green, a little under uh, 35% ownership. I like that. Interesting. Yeah, but the ones, one thing I will say about Bobby Green, and I mentioned it before, is that he allows his opponents to kind of come back. And uh, it, I don't know if he enjoys kind of – that style of, of that grind of making a close gutty performance. Uh, just go out there and dominate, man. I think that he can do it. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens uh, in, in terms of that one. Uh, next up, we will uh, move on as we have uh, Chris Grootsmacher versus Alex Hernandez. Alex Hernandez, one of the biggest favorites 
uh, here on the card, a four to one betting favorite. Uh, Chris Gusanger plus three twenty five, ninety three hundred for uh, Alex on DK, sixty nine hundred for Grootsmacher over on DraftKings, and then twenty three dollars on FanDuel for Alex Hernandez, eight dollars for Chris Grootsmacher. Uh, I talked to Alex Hernandez uh, about uh, I guess about two weeks ago at, at this point, and uh, you know a lot of it the the conversation was about you know him moving his training to to Factory X. Uh, his original coach is still a part of the team, Jason Yarrington. But you know, he talked about it in the conversation we had was in the Drew Dober fight, he felt lost and he realized that he had to make some changes. He he just realized that, you know, there was things that, that he had to change. And uh, you know, and I took it as more of it was about having the right training partners around him. That's the way I kinda took the conversation. Um, but uh, you know, this is I mean, man, he's he's a he's a substantial favorite in this one. I will say that you need to surround yourself with, with people that are challenging you in the training room. Um, if you're beating them every single day, you're not learning, you're not progressing, you're getting stagnant. And, uh, you know, you need to continue to evolve in this sport, especially as a, a fighter like Alexander Hernandez, who's 28 years old, had so much hype coming into the UFC. I mean, he really did. Um, and after his his performance of knocking out Benil Dariush, we've seen what Benil has done in the UFC. He's so, so impressive. Then Cowboy kind of halts that hype train, you know, a little too much too soon, UFC. But, um, you know, I think that Alex Hernandez being almost a minus 400 favorite is crazy because of how he's, you know, kind of fallen short. I think the odds should be closer despite the significant skill advantage that Hernandez does have over Gritzmacher. Gritzmacher is just tough. He really is. He's a tough, greedy guy, um, you know has really been able to withstand some damage and is somewhat durable, I'll say. Um, and then, you know, put it on Joe Lozon and got to finish. But this should be Alex Hernandez's fight. I mean, the guy can take down anybody, submit anybody. That's where he became um, so hyped in the training room and on the local scene is for his ground game. He hasn't really been able to show it, Jason. Like, I don't expect him to go out there and uh, and TKO Gritzmacher it's a possibility with kind of like a, a Habib type of ground and pound mauling, but I do expect him to get a submission victory over Gritzmacher. I think that 9,300, it's a hefty price. I'll definitely pay, you know, pay for it. But uh, I mean, I'm not in love with it because of his recent struggles. You know, what's he one and two in his past three. Yeah. One and two in his past three, not even the best performance over Francisco Chernaldo. Yeah. I mean, our, I mean, you could make the case that maybe he didn't win that fight and, I know there was a lot of people who did pick Ronaldo uh, in that matchup, and uh, you know, look, it'll be interesting to kind of see what what the differences we see in Alex on, on Saturday now being at Factory X, and you know, now being you know part of part of the team there, and, and everyone that is a part there. But uh, yeah, I, I will tell you when I initially looked at the betting odds for this one, I was surprised how big of a favorite he was. He shouldn't be that big, and uh, I think it's just because of what people you know remember for when he came into the UFC and what he did prior to the Cowboy fight. Um, but if you look at it, since the Cowboy fight, he hasn't really looked anywhere the same at all. And, you know, when you have a guy that was undefeated and then, you know, he, he starts to lose, you know, it, confidence is a major factor in fighting. It really is. So, uh, you know, once you lose that confidence, you, de- you definitely uh, can see changes in fighters. Next up, we've got uh, Yanez versus Rodriguez, of course. Uh... Rodriguez, a late notice replacement. It was supposed to be Aaron Phillips. Uh, initially, we're waiting for pricing 
in terms of this one, uh, there was a, a $16 price tag on FanDuel for, for Adrian uh, Yanis. Um, you know, this is, uh, I expect that he, that Adrian will be, uh, one of the bigger betting favorites on this one. And I would expect, uh, on DK, you're going to pay a high price for him. Yeah. I mean, he's a minus three sixty favorite. He's probably going to come in. What do we got? Probably 9,200. That's what, that's my guess. Um, I'm pulling a Jason there, you know, guessing the salaries. Let's see, let's see if it comes out, but I, I do like Giannis here, man. I mean, Giannis has some incredible hands. We saw it on the contender series. I was Struggling to find some tape on Rodriguez uh, because there are similar fight MMA fighters with the same exact name. So uh, I had to find the right Victor Rodriguez and I went on fight pass and I watched some of his fights. He has KO power, um, but he's sloppy and doesn't really look that skilled. Uh, He really, it looks like the skill disparity here is crazy. I think Giannis should piece him up, work towards a finish. The, The kid looks like he's really dynamic, really good. Fought some really good competition as well. So I like Giannis. I'll have to see the price. Obviously, we have to see the weigh-ins, how these guys look. But Rodriguez is a guy for me, despite his 100% finish rate. And the reason I say that is because um, a lot of the other websites don't count his wins as being as a, a you know like legitimate commission or whatnot. Yeah, uh, so, <laughs> yeah exactly. So um, – it's Giannis for me, man. It really is. I like him quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, he's someone I, I've uh, had a chance to talk to on a couple occasions. Yeah. And, uh, you know, someone that uh, obviously made a massive uh, statement on the Contender Series, so we'll see how he fears in, in terms of this one. Then we got uh, Sean Strickland taking on Jack Marshman. Sean Strickland, uh, minus 340 betting favorite in this one. He is 9,100 on DK. Uh, what's your thoughts on this one, man? My thoughts are... I wonder how Strickland's going to look returning to the cage. It's been quite some time. Uh, he had a, he had a decently long layoff um, coming back in here. I mean, in the UFC, he was seven and three overall Marshman's three and four overall uh, Strickland's 20 and three Marshman's 23 and nine. So like Strickland on paper should win this fight. And he has beaten really, really top competition. I mean, anytime you beat Nordine Taleb, you got my attention. I, I think, Nordine Taleb is a very tough opponent for that division. Uh, you know, that was some time ago now. So I don't know what Strickland's been up to. I really don't. I don't I, I'll have to, you know, pay attention to the Wayans. I want to make sure that he's coming in, you know, not just for a paycheck. Because if he's coming in for a paycheck, a guy with Marshman who throws heat could be looking to finish you. And, um, you know, that's what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. The thing with Strickland is he can take you down. You know, kind of, he reminds me a little bit of Rory McDonald a little bit, where he's got striking and good grappling, where he can kind of take you to where you're the weakest. I think Strickland's a strong play at 9,100. Marshman, relatively low GPP upside, but, uh, you know, definitely has KO power. Yeah, $10 on Fandle GPP, maybe if you you need to. Uh, I know when I was kind of just, you know, playing around with DK, you know, salaries. I, the one thing I thought with this week was this was not a hard week of roster construction on DK. No. You know, no. Just I just didn't feel that way. Uh, next up, we got Cole Williams and Jason Witt. And uh, alert, alert, Pete. Alert, alert on this one. I spoke to Jason Witt. He didn't say these two words, but he mentioned he might be taking a trip to take down City. Oh, I think he should, and I really think he should. I mean, the guy, he is a very, very talented grappler, um, and he's coming from a strong camp in Glory MMA. And we know that we love Glory MMA. We do. I, I mean, 
we should be sponsored by Glory MMA with how highly we praise their fighters. I mean, James Krause. I'll, 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 let, I'll let James know that next time I talk to him. Please let him know. I mean, because I mean, how many promos do I got to cut for these guys? Uh, you know, it's such a strong gym. And whenever you're surrounded by so many talented fighters and led by such a great leader, who's also a good coach and good fighter, man, I love it. I, you have my respect. Uh, Wick coming in here at 8,300. Williams coming in at 7,900. Now the odds, you know, they're, they're close and it's minus 140 for Wit, plus 120 for Williams. They're both own one in the UFC. So I would imagine that is why uh, Wit took a last minute fight against um, uh, Takashi Sato and was finished in 48 seconds. We really weren't able to see much of him at all. Took about Takashi 48 Sato. notice, 48 hours yeah. notice. Yeah, exactly. So like, it's kind of like a, I just got to jump on this opportunity to get mm-hmm. into the UFC. You know, if I win, that's probably the worst situation ever is him taking a last minute fight like that and getting finished in under a minute. But regardless, at least he's here to kind of show he has a full camp behind him. Now. Um, I do think if he goes the grappling route, he can, he can really, really, uh, you know, put his opponent Williams in some danger. I like 8,300 for wit, but man, it's hard to trust either one. Jason Witt basically alluded to me. I'm going to put this guy up against the fence. I'm going to take him down. That's perfect. He needs to. And uh, if he does at 8,300, Jason, those of you who are listening to this show, take down city comes. We're looking at 85 to hundred points. If he goes to multiple takedowns, works towards a finish. Um, but one thing I'll say is he only has a 50, uh, 59% finish rate. You know, more of a grinding type of style, so uh, maybe temper expectations. Yeah, no, you definitely got to consider that. Of course, uh, this is the MMA Strategy Show right here on awesomeo.com. If you're ever, uh, you don't have a chance to watch us live and you want to listen to us on your phone, maybe as you're driving to work, download the show in podcast form, part of the Awesomeo Podcast Network. And of course, while you're there, uh, be sure to give us a five-star review. That does uh, really help us out a lot as well. Of course, uh, maybe uh, you, you want to listen back to the show before uh, Live Before Lock. Maybe you missed something we said. So be sure to check out, check the show out as part of the Osmo Podcast Network. Of course, all the shows here at Osmo are a part of the Osmo Podcast Network. Now, when we think about Takedown City, not necessarily thinking about this next fight of <laughs> Dustin Jacoby and, and Justin Ledet. Uh If someone's going to take go for a takedown... Pretty safe to say it'll be just on the debt. Uh, I spoke to uh, Jacoby about um, about three, four weeks ago about this matchup. And, uh, you know, he mentioned, he said, he's like, man, this was, he goes, it was a big smile. He was actually on the golf course when he got the fight offer. And apparently he, uh, I want to say he eagled that hole after getting the fight offer. <laughs> so he was, uh, you know, but look, you know, we know what Dustin Jacoby is. But Dustin Jacoby will sit there and say, like, look. I'm a complete mixed martial artist. Yes, everyone knows about his his stand up abilities, and, and you know he really talked. He, he's talked to me a couple of times about how his time in glory really allowed helped his confidence in terms of stri- his striking ability. So uh, this is a fight that I think this is a GPP type fight. Could be a cash type fight too uh, if this fight stays on the feet for 15 minutes. If if one of these guys can't get a stoppage. Yeah, man, I, I really love this fight, and uh, I'm a big Jacoby fan. Uh, him being 0-2 in the UFC is a little deceptive because, uh, you know, it doesn't show, you know, his skills at the moment. That was quite some time ago when he was early on in the UFC and then had a great performance on the Contender Series. Ledette is 3-3 three and three in the UFC. I actually didn't realize Ledette had that many fights in the UFC. It kind of struck me by surprise, mm-hmm. but um, 
you know, I will say that Jacoby should eat up the lead leg of uh, Ledette here. And the reason being is Ledette is a, a boxing base for the most part. And you always hear me talk about this, guys. Whenever a guy is predominantly a boxer, their stance is slightly different. They are heavier on their front leg. So that means they're more susceptible to get, uh, to get leg kicked. Now, Dustin Jacoby, with all the glory kickboxing experience, great straight punches, great jabs, great low kicks. Chew up that leg. Make Ledette extremely uh, uncomfortable uh, and work your way towards a finish. I think that is the logical um, outcome here. I really think Jacoby goes out there and uh, just gives it to him. I really do. I, I think Ledette's going to be kind of over his head in this in this situation. The one thing I will be worried about is if, say, Jacoby hurts him and uh, puts Ledette on his backside, and Ledette is dangerous off his back and has some submission ability. So uh, be very careful. Don't think that Ledette is a scrub on the ground because he does have some submissions. And, uh, you know, 7,300, definitely a GPP play. In my opinion, Jacoby wins this fight eight out of ten times, but I will be sprinkling in Ledette just because. And one of the mentions in the chat was about that, what we thought about the prop bet of Ledette by submission plus 2,200, man. That's, that's good odds. I, I mean, honestly, I wouldn't mind doing that. I mean, Ledette wants to get a KO. I mean, he really does. But if a submission presents itself, he's not going to stray away from it, and he knows what to do. So uh, definite GPP fight. This is kind of uh, – this is a nice matchup to target, and I think I'll, I'll be getting plenty of exposure to it. Then we got a female matchup, Courtney Casey taking on Priscilla Cachoeira. Uh, Courtney Casey, a minus 250 betting favor in this one. She's 8700 on DK, $18 on FanDuel. Um, I can't take Cachoeira. No, I can't. I can't do it. This this uh, is take Courtney Casey or pass for me. I would agree. And uh, Courtney Casey, uh, 9-8 overall, 5-7 and seven in the UFC. So, man, it's crazy that somebody can be 5-7 and seven and still in the UFC. Mm-hmm. Um, but – it goes to show show you that she has really fought some tough competition and the UFC has viewed her as, you know, a, a tough opponent for anybody in that division. Cachuera was 0-3 until her previous uh, victory over Shauna Dobson uh, with a crazy uppercut and she looked extremely aggressive and uh, got a finish and that is usually hard to come by. Um, overall in her career, she's 9-3, only has a 56% finish rate. Casey is 78% finish rate. So. Um, I do think Casey's the better fighter here, has more ways to win. Um, you know, definitely shouldn't lose this fight. I mean, talk about Cachoeira turning her career around if she really gets a win over Courtney Casey here. But I think it's going to be tough sledding. I don't want to pay $18 for Courtney Casey. I don't want to pay $8,700 for Courtney Casey. If you guys want to do it and you feel like this is a, a nice little leverage spot because I will be avoiding the fight for the most part, I don't blame you. Um, crazier things have happened. Perhaps Courtney Casey is a little, uh, a little irritated and works towards a finish here. Does have a 78% finish rate at 8,700. That is interesting, but, uh, I will be limiting exposure to this fight and, uh, probably not watching it either. And the first fight of the night, we got miles Johns as a minus 160 favor, 8,400 on DK. This is a guy that was, yeah. I mean, huge prospect, uh, obviously, you know, coming off that, you know, had that loss, but uh, he's a guy that uh, he's someone I got circled and God damn it. He's in the first fight of the night. Yeah, that's okay. I think, you, you know, every now and then it's okay to break a rule, Jason, because, uh, you know, I, unfortunately I feel like every time I break my rule, I'm on the wrong side of it. 
well, anytime you break your rule, you should pick both sides. Uh, you know, um, you know, uh, I really like John's here at 8,400. I do. I think that the guy has KO power. Um, and I think that he has crazy wrestling. And even though the Tibidat is very, very good, very talented, and will be a popular play at 7,800 because the Tibidat is very, very skilled. Uh, good striking, good grappling, good wrestling. I just think that Miles Johns has the explosive edge and perhaps the, uh, you know, the wrestling edge where uh, I don't think Natividad has really faced that kind of, kind of grappler before, wrestler, mm-hmm. I should say. Um, it's like a 60-40 for me because I do think that this is a sneaky fight to target. Oddly enough, man, Johns comes in at 10-1, and one, Jason, 40% finish rate. That is terrible. Like, that is bad. Like, it, but it, it's a reflection of the division. It's 135 pounds, usually tons of scrambles, not too much you know, not too many finishes, but, uh, Miles Johns definitely has some, uh, some potential. So I'll be targeting him at 8,400. I I expected his price to be a lot higher than that. Um, it's a close fight. Natividad can definitely do something and pull this off, but, uh, I'll be slightly favoring Johns. Of course, uh, line up those questions right now. there in the chat. We will get to them before we get out of here. Of course, coming up next, is a PJ show, but uh, let's get our straight up picks in terms of this one. Uh, main event, I'm, I guess we're both Uriah Hall. Uriah Hall for me. Say it, I'm with you. Uh, Feely and Mitchell, uh, give me Andre Feely. It's a close fight. I'm going to say Feely, though. Yeah. I'm going to say Feely. Kevin Holland against Murdoff. Murdoff. Man, we're 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 spot on here together here, man. This is you're Murdoff, you're Murdoff too. Yeah, I'm gonna get Murdoff. I, I think I think Kevin Casey gets hit too much. That's my concern with him. Kevin Holland, yeah, or Kevin Holland, excuse me. Uh, Maurice Green, uh, Greg Hardy, Hardy. You taking Crochet Boss? No, nah, give me Greg Hardy. Okay, okay. I, yeah. I, I want to take I I want to take Maurice Green, but I think Greg Hardy's the way to go. Uh, Bobby Green, Tiago Moses, give me Bobby Green. Same. Uh, give me Alex Hernandez against Chris Guzman. Sure. Hard to trust him, but I still think Hernandez. Yeah. Yes. Uh, give me Adrian Yanez against Victor Rodriguez. Yanez. And I also want to say, uh, pay attention to this salary. It's $16 on FanDuel. We'll talk about a steal. Yeah. It's probably gonna be very chalky on FanDuel. Yeah. Uh, Sean Strickland, Jack Marshman. Strickland. Yeah. I'm saying, uh, Jason Witt, Cole Williams. Witt. Yeah. I'm Witt as well. Uh, Jacoby Ledette. I'm Jacoby. Same. I like I like Jacoby a lot. I was really happy that he got his opportunity. As you just heard us break down Casey and uh where you know where I'm going, Courtney Casey. Casey, yeah. And then give me Miles Johns. I will say Miles Johns, but let me tell you, that is probably one of the closest fights on the card. I think that and Mitchell Feely are so close. Yeah, so uh, right now we'll get into some listener questions here. So if you want to fire those up in the chat, we'll be here for about five more minutes before we'll lead in to let the PGA guys get on here for so they can get you ready for the PGA this week. Um, let me just kind of scroll down some of these questions I know we've already got to. Uh, you know, Joe had asked about our lock of the night. Yeah, it is for me. And I don't say lock, so... If if I would say anything close to a lock would be Giannis. Yeah, that'd probably be the one I go with too. Yeah. Um let's see here. For a debuting fighter, it's crazy for us to say that's a that's 
the most yeah. confident pick. No, it's yeah, it should be a good spot and probably gonna be a very good spot on FanDuel and, and I expect that uh there's gonna be a ton of people um all over him on FanDuel. So that's something Yeah. By the way, uh should be mentioning uh free premium content over at Osmo.com right now, MMA ranking. So check that out over at Osmo.com. Also we got the promo code pumpkin going on through Halloween. Get an Osmo Plus Platinum Weekly Pass for only ten dollars and thirty-one cents. Uh, Samuel, upset of the night. Upset of the night. I will say, um, Andre Feely. Crochet boss. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I gotta find someone with high odds. Come on, you're, you're trying to get a plus one thirty betting fan? No, no, come on, man. I don't. I think it's a. I think it's a favorite type of card. Truthfully, I do too. Um. Let's see here. What other questions we got here? Um, what fights would you guys target for DraftKings cash? I would target the five rounder for DraftKings cash just because of possible elevated score, mm-hmm. even though it's a slower paced fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's usually going to work out in your favor. I would also obviously include Holland Murdoff. Having either one of that, you know, either side in that is going mm-hmm. to help you out and create a balanced lineup for you and also be very pivotal to having, um, you know, a good score. All right, Samuel coming in with his uh, usual questions of the night. Uh, top favorite, top underdog, upset. We already mentioned the upset. Top favorite and top underdog. Um. Well, I'll say Giannis again, but I guess that's cheating. Um, I will say Bobby Green. I don't see how Tiago Moises beats him, truthfully. I, I like that Bobby Green pick. Um, in terms of underdog, um, there's not a lot of huge underdogs I love. I mean, Green's, it's, I think it's got great. I mean, yeah. Plus 270, I like that number, but I think if for an underdog that I would feel good to it, Feely, Miradov, um I mean, Murdov and Feely for me are kind of like yeah. two underdogs that I'm targeting. Yeah. Um, favorite MVP on FanDuel? Think it, yeah. And Andy goes, think it has to be Hardy, Hall, or Giannis. I would say Hardy or Giannis makes a ton of sense first round KO. I don't really see Hall doing that, but the five rounds could always make things tricky, mm-hmm. right? Um. But I think Giannis or Hardy makes a ton of sense. Maurice Green has been finished an awful lot. Could Bobby Green be a sneaky MVP pick? He could. I mean, but how many times does he just, does he just piece apart Tiago on the feet? Yeah, but how many times have we said, oh, he's due for a finish. He's due for a finish. Put him in there. First round kick. He's kind of is what he is. Um, I love him. He's going to win the fight. I just don't know if he's going to get a finish. All right, here's a question I'll throw out to you. Okay. Who is the high salary fighters on DraftKings that scare you the most? It would have to be tied between Strickland and Hernandez. Strickland only because he has been away from the cage for a little bit. I need to see how he looks. And Hernandez, because of post-Cowboy fight, hasn't really looked the same. But I, I kind of think this is a perfect matchup for him to showcase his skills, you know, if he goes the grappling route. 
And uh, that's going to do it for this edition of the MMA Strategy Show. Of course, we'll be back here on Saturday for the Live Before Lock. By the way, uh, card starts at 4 p.m. Eastern time. So we'll be on 3 p.m. each time. So look for that MMA Live Before Lock right here on AwesomeMode.com. Of course, coming up next is the PGA Show. So uh, keep it locked here at AwesomeMode.com. And myself and Pete will be back on Saturday for Live Before Lock. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.